and uh, I admit it. And I'm thankful that God gave me someone who knows how to remedy things like turning the power on instead of leaving it off. <laughs> uh, before we look briefly into the Word of God, um, Hope and I want to thank you so very, very much for your love for us. Um, you guys have loved us. You've cared for us. You guys went out on the limb mm -hmm. when you asked us to come here because we were rookies. We had never done this before. And um, we were scared to death. We, we, weren't, we didn't know what we were doing. Uh, we had two, two books to go by, this one and our IPM manual. And, uh, and, and God has given us a, a great, great journey together. But we just want to, from our hearts, thank you. Thank you for your love. Uh, thank you for the many, many ways you've shown your love to us. Uh, we will always, always cherish our time here. We will always cherish you. And we will continue to have our Syracuse sweethearts at gmail.com email. We will continue to have the same uh, cell phone numbers. Mm -hmm. And we will be on Facebook at Len-Hope. <laughs> and so uh, we will keep in touch uh, appropriately. And uh, we just uh, would love to hear things about you, and we will share about us. Uh, we can tell you right now, uh, all that we know is that uh, a church has contacted us from Wisconsin. Uh, we had a telephone interview this past week, and uh, we have no idea how many other candidates are there are or whether they're interested in us or not. Uh, we really have no idea. But uh, we felt we had a good interview, that it was a time of blessing uh, for them and for us. And so we're just kind of in a waiting time right now to see if we will be going to uh, a church up in northern, north central Wisconsin. It's way up there. And uh, like I've shared with some people, it's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there. Um, and we'll need some extra clothing. Uh, when we go, um, and it, the church is the Woodland Community Church, and you'll, you'll get uh, kind of a kick out of this, I think. Uh, when we were talking on the phone, I referred to Woodland Community Church, and right near the end of the interview, uh, one of the men said, uh, Len, if you come here, you need to learn to pronounce the name of our church. And so I looked at the paper and I thought, have I been calling it the wrong church all this time? Have I been calling it Seneca Community Church? You know? <laughs> uh, so uh, I looked at it and I, I said, oh, okay. Uh, he said, it's Woodland. You, you, you say it like an Eastern. That's what he said. He, he, he said, it's not Woodland, it's Woodland. I said, oh, okay. So I've been putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. And, and that got a laugh out of him. So... Uh, that's where we could possibly be. It is more rural than here. Uh, it's in a place called Westboro, and Westboro is a street. That's it. Now, there is a place called Rib Lake, uh, about seven miles away, I think, where most of the people live. Are any of you familiar with that area? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> uh, Neither 
but, <laughs> but uh, when you look at the latitude, it's um, on the same latitude as the UP. So uh, it, it's up there, and we'll need some extra clothing. And uh, again, we don't know if we're going there. We have no idea, really. But that is one church that has contacted us and where our resume has been submitted. So uh, we'll keep you informed and let you know what's going on uh, following service today. We'll be going back to central New York. As uh, most of you know, we were there last week with our three daughters and their hubbies and our, their, grand, their children, our grandkids. We had a wonderful time. Uh, we, we made some beautiful memories together, and we thank you for that time. That was very precious. So we'll be going back to our little home there until God moves us on to either northern Wisconsin or Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, or <laughs> wherever he has us. But uh, from our hearts, please accept our sincere gratitude for your love. And we love you back. Thank you. This morning, I'm going to ask you to... Uh, Proactively look for your insert. It looks like this. And uh, there's a reason for it. I'd like to ask you to uh, find it and follow along as we briefly this morning consider this. On the first part of the page, it says, How to Care for Pastor John. And underneath it says, and Katie and Elena, Ben, Caitlin, Chloe, and Jaden. It's very, very important to understand when you care for your pastor, you're caring for his wife and for their children. It's important to understand that. And so, just briefly, I'm not going to belabor this, but I'd like to ask you to keep this insert in a very handy spot. If you have a tendency to go to the refrigerator a lot, post it on your refrigerator. But, you know, a better place for it would probably be your Bible and have it in your Bible and make sure you're in, your wor in God's Word every day and have this with you there to remind you how to care for Pastor John. And as you care for him, you will be caring for Katie and their children. And so just briefly, as you can see, the letters are P-A-S-T-O-R. It's an acrostic for pastor. First of all, pray for him that God might empower his ministry. Pray for power. 2 Thessalonians 3.1 reads, Pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified. Pray for power. Pray for protection. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2. Pray that we will be rescued from perverse and evil men. Pray for your pastor's protection spiritually. As you pray for his spiritual protection, you will be praying for his wife and for his children as well. So pray for him that God might empower his ministry. Secondly, A, affirm him with encouragement and praise. Esteem him highly. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. Paul writes, Appreciate those who diligently labor among you. 
and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction that you esteem them highly in love because of their work. So appreciate your pastor. He's going to be diligently laboring among you. He will have charge over you. He will be giving you instruction. Esteem him. And then encourage him regularly. Ephesians 4.29, Paul writes, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Your pastor will need encouragement. Encourage him. Now that doesn't mean that, there, that we are not beyond being approached about something that we could do better. And I know Pastor John understands that. There are appropriate ways to do it. You can do it in a way that discourages, and you can do it in a way that encourages. Very, very important to encourage your pastor. And then support him with what is needed for effectiveness. First of all, pay generously for financial health. 1 Timothy 5, 17 through 20 reads, The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. The laborer is worthy of his wages. And I know and was in the bulletin that the finance ministry team met with John today. I know the finance ministry team, together with the board of deacons, is going to care for Pastor John and for his wife and children. That's very, very important. Then provide time away for emotional health. Mark chapter 6. We read, the apostles gathered together with Jesus, and he said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. They went away to a secluded place by themselves. It's very important that your pastor and his wife and children have time to be able to be together and to be refreshed together. That's very important. Their, their schedules will, will be at times arduous. Uh, it's important to recognize that, and it's important to give them time to be able to uh, have the support that they need to be effective. And then equip with tools for professional help. Ecclesiastes 10.10 talks about an, an axe being dull, It says, if the axe is dull and he does not sharpen its edge, then he must exert more strength. Wisdom has the advantage of giving success. And very thankful to be able to say that the uh, finance ministry team is is making uh, allowance for this, where uh, Pastor John and with Katie or the family, however they, they work that out, that there will be money provided to enable them to be refreshed and to sharpen uh, their tools for ministry. Uh, A pastor ministers week after week after week. He needs to be sharpened too. And there will be opportunity for that. And continue to do that, please. So P-A-S. And then T, treasure him as God's precious gift to you. 
do you believe that Pastor John and Katie and his children are God's special treasure and gift to you? Do you believe that? We should believe that. If you saw the whole stack of resumes that the, the transition team went through, went through every one of them, and prayed and carefully looked them over and considered them together, discussed them together, and if you were to see that stack and to think about all that went on in that process and how God not only preserved us for them, but preserved them for us, there's no way you cannot conclude that they are God's special treasure and God's special gift. And they are. Excuse me? Thank you, John. But treasure him as God's precious gift. Be grateful to God's man. Ephesians 4 reads, To each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And he gave some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Your pastor's primary responsibility is to equip you for the work of service. That's his primary responsibility. It is not his responsibility to do all the work. You know that. That's why we have ministry teams. That's why we have nearly the entire church family mobilized in ministry. That is so exciting. The day we, we had the dedication of the ministry teams and partnership and so on and so forth, to see everyone who was standing who was part of a ministry team and those who weren't, it's because they are physically unable to do so. That's exciting. And that's what ministry is all about. And Pastor John's primary responsibility will be to prepare you to continue to do that. And he's been gifted in that way. So be grateful for him. And then be protective of God's man. First Timothy 5, 19 20 say, Do not receive an accusation against an elder or pastor except on the basis of two or three witnesses. In other words, maybe, maybe John makes a grammatical error when he's preaching. He's been preaching for 40 minutes and he makes one grammatical error. You know, I, I, had, a, I had a guy over in Spain who was very, very good at that. Mind you, it was a different language. Hadn't been there all that long, less than a year. And I was asked to preach. And I was very, very diligent in preparing not only the content, but uh, the vocabulary and so on and so forth. And I preached for, I don't know, a half hour or so. This one guy, and believe it or not, we're friends on Facebook today, but uh, this guy came up to me after half an hour of a message, my first one, or one of my first ones, he said, you made a grammatical error. Of course, he said that in Spanish. And uh, I just looked at him, and I said, only one? <laughs> and, and, you know, th that's what this is talking about. You know, petty stuff. Th that, that can just go to the heart of your pastor. And believe it, 
it affects his wife too. Because you're, you're attacking, accusing the one she loves. So we need to be real, real careful about that. And don't receive an accusation. Just because somebody has a petty thing going on, uh, don't, don't allow that to spread. And those of you who are in leadership, nip it in the bud. Lovingly, but diligently, nip it in the bud. And don't let it spread. Oh, overlook his failings and humanness. Cut him some slack. He is not perfect. Right, Katie? <laughs> the other night in the interview, the guy, the guy, one of the gentlemen, asked me a question. What would you consider one of your biggest struggles or one of your weaknesses or whatever? And I'm sitting there and I say, where, where do I begin with that, you know? Um, and I was going to say, why don't you ask Hope? She'd be able to tell you very quickly. But you know, um, your pastor is not a perfect human being. He will have areas of strength. He will have areas where he is not as strong. You need to cut him some slack. He's not perfect. And my mind went to Acts chapter 14. Uh, Paul and Barnabas uh, were in the city of Lystra. And God had used them mightily there. And the people started calling them gods, little gods, G-O-D-S. And this is how Paul and Barnabas answered. We are also men of the same nature as you. And preach the gospel to you so that you should turn to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Your pastor will be preaching you the gospel so that you turn from sin to the living God so that you become more and more like Jesus Christ. He will be preaching this and he will be teaching this. But remember, he's human. He is not a little G-O-D. He is human. He puts his shoes and socks on just like you do, men. Okay? He's human. And we need to remember that. Okay, give him some help. He cannot do it all. I already touched on this a little bit, but in Ephesians 4, but to each one of us was given according to the measure of Christ's gift, and he gave gifts to men. We, we have looked at this over the months. And most of you have taken a spiritual gift inventory. You know what your spiritual gift or gifts are. And you not only discovered them, you're beginning to exercise them. That is critical. That is critical. Assist your pastor. Come alongside him. Work with him. Do the ministry with him. Again, his primary responsibility is to prepare you for the work of service. And your responsibility is to respond in obedience and exercise your spiritual gifts for the glory of God. That will make for a very, very healthy church. And then letter R, respond to his leadership and ministry. Hebrews 13, 7, follow his leadership. The writer of Hebrews says, 
Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. As we've seen with Paul, he has mentioned this in Philippians, you may recall. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's, in essence, what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. And your pastor will say, imitate me to the extent that I imitate Christ. Follow his leadership. God has placed him here sovereignly, graciously, mercifully, as your spiritual leader. Follow his leadership. And then embrace his vision. Hebrews 13, 17, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. Your pastor will be looking out for your soul. He will. As a shepherd, we'll be considering that just shortly. He will be looking out for your soul. Embrace his vision. And and just support him as he watches out for your soul, knowing that he will give an account. Someday, he will stand before God, and he will give an account as a pastor, as a child of God, before God. He's going to look out for your soul, and so embrace him and embrace his vision. I encourage you to keep this in a very prominent place. And then on the other side, how to pray for Pastor John. And this will be very brief. As you pray for Pastor John, you will be praying for Katie and the children as well. As you pray for him, this will have a direct effect on Katie and the children. On Sunday, these are just some suggestions. Pray for rest and strength. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Pray for rest and strength for your pastor. Monday, intimacy with God. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. This is talking of intimacy with the Trinitarian God that we, we worship and love and obey. That your pastor will be intimate with God. This will have a direct effect, not only on his family, but it will have a direct effect on the ministry here as well. Tuesday, pray for his family. Ephesians 4.32, you might say, well, I wonder why he's sharing this verse. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Living out the reality of the Christian life begins at home. Your pastor will only be as effective as he is with his family. He will only be that effective in the church family. So pray for his relationship with Katie. Pray for his relationship with the children. Pray for their relationship with one another, that they will be forgiving to each other. That is very important in a family. And to be tender-hearted toward each other. 
and to love each other in their family unit. That will have a direct bearing on their ministry, which takes us to Wednesday. Ministry effectiveness. We've already commented on this a couple of times. He gave some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Ministry effectiveness for your pastor will be directly related to how he is able to equip you and you respond to his teaching so that you are equipped to do the work of service. That will allow for ministry effectiveness here to the glory of God. Thursday, obedience, Luke 9, 23, 24. Jesus is saying, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. Pray that your pastor will be obedient to the Lord, that he will deny himself, he will take up his cross, and he will follow Christ. Friday, leadership, Romans 12, 6-8. Since we have gifts that differ according to grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. He who leads with diligence. Every pastor has a responsibility to lead. That's part of his calling. Your pastor will have the responsibility to lead you. Your responsibility will be to follow. Not, um, not blind, blind following, but to follow a godly leader and a godly shepherd and to follow him and to pray for his leadership, that he will have the wisdom and direction he needs from God. Which takes us to Saturday in the final uh, segment. Pray for wisdom. James 1.5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Your pastor will need wisdom. When uh, people are congregated together, people form a church family together, all kinds of situations can and will arise. He will need wisdom. He will need wisdom to know what to do. Pray that he will have wisdom. And he will also have godly people with whom he can touch base. Pray that they, too, have wisdom and direction from the Lord. And now, that for which we're all very, very excited I've never done this before. This is exciting. The passing of the shepherd's staff. In Acts chapter 20, Paul is saying goodbye to the Ephesian elders. And and he gives them a number of instructions. He tells them to watch out for the enemy, watch out for those who teach false doctrine. He, he warns them of all kinds of things. And as he's saying goodbye to them, he says this, shepherd the church of God. 
shepherd the church of God. I think the deacons wanted to come up first, didn't you? Is that the order in the bulletin? Is that the order in the bulletin? I really kind of wanted to skip over it, but uh, I will respect uh, our deacons' requests, and we'll do something before we actually have the passing of the shepherd staff. Technically challenged. Want to make sure that you all can hear. So, um, <sighs> again, um, you know, personally, I have known the Lord since 1969, and um, just now feeling the f- as much as I can consider the full joy of the Lord. And most of that has come about and come to the point that it has because of Lennon Hope. Um, they are the best example of um, reflecting Christ's love that I know. It's been a real privilege to serve with them here, uh, to be on the transition team, and uh, again, trying to look forward. (laughs) Uh, John and Katie, uh, you know, getting them here and everything. But uh, we just want to take a minute because we do recognize that um, Lennon Hope, their, their main desire is to glorify God in doing ministry. So that's what they've done here. It was short term. And, um, you know, uh, it, is, it isn't real pleasant to see them leave, but They've done the work that God has called them to do here. And uh, so we want to recognize that. We thank God for that. But also looking forward, uh, we want to pray for them specifically that as they move forward and seek other ministry that the Lord wants them to do, that uh, they will continue to be uh, blessed as they've been here and as we have been. So we're just going to gather around them here a second and uh, lay our hands on them and, and ask for God's blessing on their continued ministry experiences. Okay, so... We all know 
that uh, we are talking right now to Almighty God. He is the creator, and he gives us everything that we have, our life, our breath, our wives, our children, our families, our church family. We just uh, come humbly to you, Lord, feeling uh, that we don't deserve the unspeakable joy that you've given us. But you said that we can come to you and talk to you and, and share our hearts with you. So we do that now. And our heart's desire is, first of all, that you would be glorified. And I believe you have been. And Len and Hope have uh, glorified you in such a way, bringing us uh, such a good example of your love for us. And uh, I don't think anyone would have any doubt that they have been 100% successful in the ministry here. So we want to lift them up to you and just ask that you would uh, continue blessing them. Give them strength. Give them wisdom. And bless them abundantly. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for your attention. It felt kind of personal there, but, uh, you know, I think as a church family, we have grown so much closer, and and I, I feel like we are all on the same page and have our one mind, and uh, so I really appreciate that. Really appreciate all of you. Thanks. Please join me. Absolutely. There's going to be a time of prayer for both of you. And Katie, I want you to feel free to sit here, okay? But you can remain standing, John. The you okay? You all right? The primary responsibilities of a shepherd from a shepherd's heart of genuine love. 
there are probably more, but I've listed three here. First of all is provision. Your responsibility in providing will be to care for, feed, and restore church family. And the result of that will be satisfaction in, in a good way, where the church family is, is satisfied. They are full. They are uh, being fed and nourished, and they're healthy because you're providing for them as a loving pastor. Another primary responsibility is protection. The Bible talks about the rod. I've seen a shepherd's rod, and it's really quite an interesting thing. It's about this long, down, with a big knob on the top. It's all wood. And, and that rod is used to let the wolf have it when he comes. But, you know, the, the staff is also used uh, for protection. It, it's used to just touch the sheep and let the sheep know, I'm here. I'm here to protect you. And as a shepherd, uh, your responsibility, which I know you know this, is to know and detect and deal with the enemy. And the result of that is that it provides security for the flock. Ah, my shepherd's looking out for me. I feel protected. That provide security for me because I'm a sheep and I need that. And then the the staff also speaks of guidance. Uh, There will be times as a shepherd you will need to lead from the side where you'll be uh, elbow to elbow with a brother in the Lord. And you'll be shoulder to shoulder, face to face. There will be times you'll need to lead from the side. There will be times you'll need to lead from the front. The, the flock may, may be a little scared. But you can lead from the front. They'll, they'll see, there's, there's my shepherd, man. He's there. I can follow him. And then there are times, as, as strange as this sounds, where you will lead from behind. You're not driving them, but they know you're there. And you have prepared them to do what they're doing. And although you're behind them, and in that sense you're following them, you are leading them because you prepared them to do what they're doing. And so the staff speaks of, of producing fruit. And then when I read this, I, I try not to, well, I, I fight back to tears every time I read this statement. 
The ultimate objective is leading the flock safely home. You know, at the end of the day, they've been out there in the pasture. Maybe they've been lying beside still waters. Maybe they've been beside turbulent waters. At the end of the day, which really is speaking at the end of, of, of life, the staff speaks of leading them safely home. Where, where this church family, one day in heaven, they'll be there because as a shepherd, you've led them safely home. Isn't that neat? That's precious. There's a song uh, that was sung by an artist probably over 20 years ago. The scene is in heaven, and gentleman is in heaven, and someone comes up to him, and he says, thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm a life that was changed. Because as a shepherd, you've led them safely home. And so uh, this shepherd staff, which has been beautifully prepared for us, states, shepherd the church of God. Acts 20, 28. And I encourage you to keep this in a prominent place, probably in your office, When your church family comes in, your flock comes in, they know this is what you're all about. Just to lighten it a little bit, I'm going to give them something else, too. The keys. (laughs) This this is to the front door. This is to your office. That's to the safe if it shuts down on you. I accept the folks' joy and humility. I know that uh, there's a huge responsibility in being a shepherd, and I come to that with great fear before the Lord, uh, trusting that he's going to enable me to lead you guys um, where he wants us to go as a church, and I'm excited to, to see that play out, and uh, I know that Katie and I, we can't even express how overwhelmed we are at um, what God has done, as Len and Hope were sharing earlier, in preparing everything and in preserving us and preserving you guys for the right time to come together, and uh, we're we're overwhelmed with joy and excitement and uh, so thankful for each of you and your part in um, the past few years with Lennon Hope of, of bringing up an atmosphere of joy and love for the Lord that is intoxicating and I'm excited for how that's going to affect the community around here. And uh, so thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Lennon Hope. I do have a verse I want to share. I'll, I'll take your hand anytime. share this i just felt like it was very fitting for this reason i kneel before the father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name 
I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And we have felt that. Uh And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, and he has, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Ephesians three fourteen through 21. Amen. Thank you. At this time, the deacons are going to come and lay their hands on John and Katie and any of your children that you would love to have come up are more than welcome to do so. Lord and Heavenly Father, just as we prayerfully and thankfully laid our hands on Pastor Lynn and Hope a few moments ago, bowing before you, burying ourselves before you in even some personal emotion that this means so much to us because we believe it means so much to you. Now we lay our hands on Pastor John and Katie and we say, Lord, We are all in your hands, and just as Pastor John shared a moment ago from your word, we must now commit ourselves totally to you and be willing and open in your hands. And as Pastor Lynn has challenged him in the passing of the staff, there's great responsibility, great opportunity, yet great joy and in in that good way satisfaction that you will give. And we ask for that, not selfishly, Lord, but for the work that we sense you want us to do in this community today, now, and the days ahead. We don't know how many days are left. We know we well could be in what is thought of as the ending of days close to it. We don't know the day or the hour, but at any moment you could receive the church back to yourself. What will we do in the meantime for your honor and glory? What will we do with these days, moments, and hours that we have that are gifts, each one, from you? Help us to answer that question, Lord, in the right way by taking up our cross, living for you each day as you teach us. And may we under Pastor John and thanking him that his family comes alongside him in all this to lead us forward and to give you all, as we have been saying over the last two years, all the honor and all the glory, for that's where it belongs. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I'll just uh, real quick just want to say, you know, just as uh, Len and Hope have just been a great example, um, the short amount of time that we've spent uh, with John and Katie and and their family too, uh, 
we, uh, having been privileged to spend a little more time than, than all you, uh, really do have a sense that this is the family that God has chosen to come here and lead us and to reflect Christ's love to us, too. So we just uh, can sense that spirit of that's in the same vein as, as Len and Hope. Uh, John's got some big shoes to fill, but... Uh, you know, we have that sense and, and believe that God is giving us that message in our hearts that, you know, this is a, a great couple and that going forward, great things will and will continue to happen here. asking you to come up one more time. Uh, so I've been given the privilege of giving you a little bit of a, a memento from our church family. And um, this is the memento. It's a picture of our church with some writings on it for you to read. And, um, you know, we certainly can't thank you both enough for all that you have done. And we certainly know um, that God brought you here. And we feel richly blessed. So, thank you. Thank you.